So I have this book with me. It's called Stuff Christians Like. It's not a real book. It has like pictures and stuff. I mean, picture books are real, but it's not like a chapter book. Um, And John Acuff, who's the author, he uh, kind of pokes fun at Christian cultureism, sort of. Um, So I thought it'd be funny to read some of them to y'all. So this was, this was more for the contemporary service, but uh, stuff Christians like, losing the will to clap during songs. <laughs> uh, Christians like feeling slightly disappointed when somebody accepts your generosity offer. <laughs> uh, they like fearing that God will make you a missionary if you actually fully surrender. <laughs> How about judging people who use the table of contents in their Bible? (laughs) Temporarily suspending your Christian identity when you get in the car. (laughs) Guilty. Um, But he does also say that stuff Christians like is tuning out when the preacher is younger than you. So I'm just throwing it out there. But there's one thing that's missing from this book that I was surprised wasn't in there um, because I think it's something that Christians like. And that is thinking someone should do something about that. (laughs) When they see, you know, when you see a need and thinking that someone is not you. (laughs) Is that not true though? When you see on the news right now, our friends in Florida in the Gulf are being devastated, have devastating effects from the hurricanes, and you think, gosh, somebody should do something about that. Or when you hear on the news about the teachers and how they have to pay for their own school supplies for, so that the kids can have a welcoming classroom, it's, man, somebody, somebody should do something about that. Or you pass your neighbor's house on your walk and think, you know, I don't think they get a lot of visitors. I think they're pretty lonely. Somebody should do something about that. I think it all the time. On my drive to work, I see countless people on the corner of the street in need of help. And I think somebody should do something about that. Somebody should pull over and help them. Somebody should help them get to a shelter. Somebody should show them that they matter. Somebody should tell them that God loves them and show God's love to them. But that's not me. (laughs) Yeah, somebody should do something about that. Somebody should do something about poverty and hunger, loneliness, fill in the blank. And it is so often that the church is the one who does something about it, that the church is the one who starts to do something about it. If you look back in history, you see that Christians started caring for the sick. Christians were the ones who visited people in the prisons and then led the charge in prison reform. Christians were the ones who led the charge in education reform and equal rights for women and for people of color. Christians spearheaded these these things that they thought somebody should do something about. The church has been at the forefront of this. But I think, you know, also need to acknowledge that there have been times that the Christians have been on the other side of those things as well. And that there's still 
a lot of work to do. But if you're like me, you may disqualify yourself from doing something about whatever it is. You don't have enough experience working with that type of person. You're not a social worker. You're not a therapist. You don't know what they really need. You don't know how that, day, how, you know, that might derail your day and your plans. You don't have enough money to really help somebody. Somebody can make a bigger difference than you. Somebody with resources, they're better equipped to help. Somebody should do something about it. And today I'm gonna talk about why that's you. So the past few weeks, we had been talking about the spiritual disciplines and how the spiritual disciplines bring God into our lives every day. And one of those spiritual disciplines, if you were paying attention, was service. Service is a spiritual discipline. Why would service be a spiritual discipline? Why would service help us to bring God into our everyday lives? Why throughout history, the history of the church, has service been at the core and front of identifying Christians? From the very beginning in Acts, in the early church, those first centuries, people could identify who were followers of Jesus because they saw the people who were taking in the sick and the widows and the orphans and providing food for the poor. They could identify from the very beginning Christians serving. But what does it really mean to serve as a Christian? In Peter's first letter, uh, he's writing to a group of new Christians. And to be fair, I realized this as I was preaching this the first time. They're all new Christians. <laughs> Nobody is an old Christian. Um, but really just to, as a reminder that Christianity was by no means a majority and not even a sizable minority. It's the few and far between who are Christians. And so if they were Christians in their community, there was tension with their community being in the tiny minority. There was fear for their lives for following Jesus and not following the local gods and not ha calling that the, son, the God. There was tension in the, from the Christians with the outside community and that tension from outside community we know sometimes comes back into the community. But I, you know, what do we know about that? We don't know. So this church leader, this Peter, he encourages them and he writes this and this is what the church hears. Starting in chapter four, verse eight, Peter writes, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Above all, above all, love. Above all, love each other. Peter's saying, if you don't catch anything else I'm saying, if all these, other rule, all these other things I'm saying to you don't make sense to you, love. When in doubt, when you don't know what, how to fix a problem, just love your neighbors, love each other. Because love covers pretty much 
any of the problems that you might encounter. If you love each other, that'll do it. If you don't pick up on any of the other things I'm saying, Peter says, love each other. And then Peter describes what love really looks like. It looks like showing hospitality, being willing to open your home, take in strangers, provide them shelter, give them food, all without grumbling. I can't imagine that. But I really think the main point that Peter's making comes in verse, starts in verse 10 for him to under, what he wants them to understand about love. Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever, amen. So love above all else. Love is number one, Peter says. But he's reminding this group of, of discouraged Christians that indeed you can love and this is how you'll love. You'll love using the gifts that God has given you. They'll serve with their gifts. They'll speak with their gifts because serving is love in action. They'll serve and speak using their gifts. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What Peter says here is really important about serving, that's to use whatever gifts that you've been given, that we've received, to serve, because we're stewards of God's grace. Whatever gifts we receive, Peter here's talking about the spiritual gifts, the gifts that we receive, the gifts of the Spirit. And we'll talk more about those gifts next week. And, but just as a refresher, there's the gifts of mercy and encouragement, teaching, proclamation, administration. Peter says, whatever gifts you have, because you all have one. He, Peter isn't saying just to the ones who have gifts. He's saying, yeah, you all have gifts. Grace in its various forms. There's a variety of gifts and you have one. And if you are thinking, well, I have no idea what mine is. I probably just don't have one. That's wrong because <laughs> you do, you have one. Sorry, it's part, part of being a child of God. I don't know what to tell you. But if you are curious more about more of how to discover what your gift may be, we have a really great resource on our website. It's tmumc.org gifted, really easy. Um, you, 
have we have this gifted to serve discovery so you kind of it kind of goes through all the different things that are good that you tend to be good at or things that you like doing and it helps you to discover what um, what your spiritual gift is and it's a really great resource so I encourage you to take that so whatever gift it is that you have we are called to use them to serve because we're stewards of God's grace. So that by the very fact that we have spiritual gifts from God, we are therefore stewards of grace. Just, that's a huge deal. Because what a steward is, is somebody who takes care of something that belongs to someone else. The word here that Peter uses is often used in Jesus's parables when Jesus is talking about a landowner and the landowner leaves his land to be managed by the landlord. He entrusts his land to be taken care of, to be used responsibly, to be fruitful, to treat others who work the land well. He entrusts all, the owner trusts the landlord with those things, with that responsibility, but the land isn't his. Or maybe a more modern example of babysitting. Has anybody ever was a babysitter growing up or continues to or uses babysitters? <laughs> um, as a babysitter, parents entrust their kids to us and they're not our kids, thank God. <laughs> That's always what I thought. I was like, I get to leave. <laughs> Parents never said, yeah, take it, you know, do whatever you want, feed them if you want, I don't know. Like, well, you don't, we don't really care when you put them to bed, just treat them however you want. No, no, well, I hope, I really hope no, <laughs> but that's never what they said. They want you to treat their kids the way they treat them. They want you to feed them how they would feed them and put them to bed when they would put them to bed. Love them how they would love them. They entrust their child, their precious, most precious gift to you. And it's a huge responsibility. And so it is with God and the gifts that God gives us. We're stewards of God's grace, meaning God has entrusted us with grace. God has given us grace so that we may use it responsibly. But I just want to clarify and make sure we're on the same page of what grace is, besides a great name. <sighs> grace, the word that Peter uses, it's caritas, C-H-A-R-I-T-O-S, looks a lot like charity. It's where the word charity comes from. It's the outpouring love, it's the mercy, the freely given grace 
a freely given gift. That's what grace is. And God's grace, you heard in that definition, is, is by its very nature something that's poured out. It's not kept within. It's not held to ourselves. It's meant to be poured out. And it says that grace comes in a variety of forms. The gifts, the gifts that you've been given, Peter says. And that word for gifts is charisma. Kertos, charisma. They come from the same word. Grace and gifts. So being a steward of God's grace, think of it as being a steward of not only the spiritual gifts that God gives you, but as well as the mercy and forgiveness and freely given love. So because we are stewards of something that is designed to be poured out, to be a steward of it means that we are called to pour out our grace, to pour out our gifts for others. We serve because that's what it means to be a steward of God's grace. God has entrusted you with God's own spirit. Every one of us, we are entrusted with the amazing gifts of God. So that thing that you think someone should do something about, people who are hungry, kids who can't afford tutors and struggle in school, unaffordable housing, people feeling lonely, people who are sick, you can do something about it. You have the responsibility to do something about it because you are a steward of God's grace, of spiritual gifts. When you serve, you are doing exactly what God designed that gift to be used for. If you hadn't noticed when you were coming in, there's a little something going on outside in the Connection Center. It's the Serving Expo. We have 25 ministries and organizations that are connected to the church, within the church, and that go out in the community. And those are opportunities, ways for you to be a steward of God's gifts to you. There is a way that your gifts can be used. We want you to feel empowered to, to find one of those ways. There's so many, there's such a variety of opportunities and ways that you can use those gifts. And we hope that you'll find one from out there. And each of these organizations and ministries, they show that people matter. They help heal brokenness. And they help love be lived out. I think also the fact that this is, that we're stewards of something that doesn't belong to us, the fact that we're stewards, relieves a lot of the performance pressure of thinking, I have, I'm 
tasked with changing this person's life. I'm the only one that's gonna, that has to you know, help them find a place to stay or I'm the one who's at work here. It's all that pressure is gone because it's, it's God's gift at work. It's God's grace working through you. Pressure's off. You just have to be the instrument. You just have to say yes to being the instrument of that grace. Peter says, when you're speaking, you're speaking the words of God. When you're, when you're serving, you're serving with the strength of God. It's, it's not with your own strength, they're your own words. It's God's words and God's strength. The pressure's off you. It's God at work in you. You can do something about it because you're a steward of the powers of God. And when you serve, people know the love of God. When you serve, people come to experience the love of God. And in that, Peter says, God will be praised and glorified. This was Peter's prayer for the church, for us that we would love God and others through serving with the gifts that God has given us. And there was someone who was an excellent example of loving others through his service. Any guesses? <laughs> Jesus made very clear what love looks like and what, uh, what it looks like to do with the power that God has entrusted to, to you. What you can do with the power of God. Serve. That's what Jesus did. And just in case we didn't catch it, Jesus made very clear to us. He went ahead and just said it outright. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus says the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve. Jesus served others. Jesus poured out the love of God to others with the power God had given him. And friends, we call ourselves followers of Jesus. That means we have to follow in the ways of Jesus. And Jesus served. So we're called to do the same. Instead of hoping that someone does something about fill in the blank, whatever it is, be empowered that you are a steward of God's grace. So you can do something about it. God believes in you. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we thank you for the gifts that you've given us. The gift of your spirit, God, is something we don't 
can't fully comprehend. We feel maybe unworthy, God, to bear and be entrusted with your gifts. We feel ill-equipped to carry it out, God. Yet you have given it to us, so God, would you help us to use them well, to be good stewards of the gifts you've given us. Help us to be empowered by your spirit, to do the work of your spirit, because God, this world is in need We see it all around, God, and we ask you, we pray to you that that you may act and that things would change, but God, you maybe are just telling us that we're the ones who need to act. Holy God, we lift up those who are hurting, those who are struggling. May we be instruments of your peace to them. It's in your almighty name we pray.